Hello and welcome to the Gossip Stone podcast live. Hello. Hi, chat. How's it going? Uh, if you haven't heard us before, we are the Ocarina of Time Randomizer podcast where we focus primarily on racing the competitive scene, but also cover various other related topics for the community as a whole. Hello. I'm Emo Soda. This is my face. That's what I look like. Um, that's Chimp. Hey, what's up? Hello. I've never been called a great ape before. That's a. Uh... Probably my favorite nickname ever. I'm going to stick with that one. Hello, everyone. I hope you're all hype for the Season 4 Grand Finals Game 2 slash 3. Um, I know we are, and we're very excited to bring you uh, this very special live episode. Yep. And um, we're going to be talking a little bit about the history of how we got here in the Season 4 tournaments, and as well as a recap of the first two races between our finalists, the one and only, the Salty Sponge, and what the hell's happened. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, it only feels like... Uh, I'm not sure how you feel, Emo, but for me, this season has sort of flown by in a way. It only feels like we were talking about like the new settings and the qualifiers quite recently, and all of a sudden we're here with our finalists. It's pretty wild. Not sure if that's just an effect of this year on everyone. <laughs> People's psyches have been broken down, and we're still in last March. Yeah, I mean, it's a couple couple months for the tournament. I mean, I feel like that's. Uh, I mean, it's what's the fastest tournament we've had so far uh, for ZSR. Yeah, I think it's been. Yeah, well organized. Um, I think the the addition of like a more structured way of organizing matches uh, this season has helped to sort of make it progress continuously. I know the first week of qualifiers, uh, not qualifiers, um, the bracket ma matches was insane because <laughs> everyone was, every single person was on a 10 day limit. So we had like, what, 10 matches in four days or something crazy like that. And then, yeah, thankfully it's just nicely continued and yeah, all the way up until April 10th. And we have our last match. Yeah, it's been really nice overall. I mean, I think it's been pretty fast paced too. Uh, there, yeah, like you're saying, like the couple weeks there, it was just like I don't know, two matches. It felt like a day sometimes, and it's a lot of content to cover. But it's also great for uh, all the viewers at home. So I'm sure everyone is pretty appreciative of the speed of the, the tournament. Mm -hmm. But um, so the actual qualifiers, I mean, they started, what, in December last year, 2020? Anyone remember 2020? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after the uh, the great racetime.gg implosion of oh December 2020, God. we eventually got started a week later. Um, and yeah, December 12th was qualifying number one with, uh, I can't remember how many entrants, but it, was, it must have been like 160 in that first seed. It was wild. Yeah, we had uh, 302 people entered at least one qualifier for this tournament and uh, 276 finished at least one race as well. And I think uh, top numbers were like, what, 130, 140-ish or something like that. But yeah. we had that for multiple races uh, versus just a couple tournaments ago even, which is like barely making over 100. Like that was considered pretty groundbreaking at the time uh, Yeah, for, for numbers. So. Really, we've seen a growth of interest. Uh, it's been great to watch. And I, th I think it's really the, the closing of the skill gap. I think it's been like the number one story of the tournament. Um, it's just been super close match after a super close match. And yeah, I mean, it culminates in the sponge. What the hell's game two? So 
Uh, what's to say, really? Um, yeah, 61 bracket matches. Uh, it's been great. The fastest seed was 137.03, Marco versus Kezo. The longest one was 358.18, yikes, uh, Reedman <laughs> versus Tom Poos, which uh, is the origin of We Love Waterstone in all caps. Uh, with hover boots on more folks, great. Uh, it's what a be- beautiful meme to introduce to the world. <laughs> we love Waterstone. We love hovers on Dark Link. And ever since that, I think we must have seen three to four different times where Dark Link has genuinely had something. So it's not just a meme, it's just genuine truth. Um, yeah. But yeah, that read room Tom Poos was a long one because it was, I think it was like straight after Marco versus Gavaroni, which was also like 355 or something wild like that, which was. Still to this day, probably the worst seed I've ever seen in my entire life. So season four has had some spicy meatballs. Now we should probably introduce uh, the two runners that are going to be on today for the grand finals game too. Uh, first up is what the hell's happened. No stranger to the podcast. I mean, we've had an ama a couple times at least. Um, he's uh, been a speed runner for Ocarina of Time since late 2013. Involved in Bingo, Beta Quest, and OCS as an organizer for the first two seasons. Uh, rando history here. Runner-up season one. Runner-up season two. Fourth place season three. Uh, SGL winner in 2019. Uh, made it to the brackets within the co-op tournament. Is the reigning RSL king. Uh, for, for now. For now. But hey, um, They've got the double crown, two in a row, but... <laughs> I know, I know one particular person that's named after a beverage that is after their title this year, so we'll see how they, they fare in RSL Season 3. But yeah, a good, a solid history of uh, since Rando started, as you say, runner-up twice. There was a bit of a what-the-hell's meme, um, I'm sure they won't mind me saying that. Um, yeah, there was a bit of a, oh, well, what the hell's second, that's pretty standard, and it wasn't until they eventually won SGL Live that... The dock was broken. They were officially allowed to win things now. And yeah, we, we might see them win today or they might just repeat history and come second again. Yeah, his path through the tournament's been pretty exciting to watch. He's just been shutting out opponents left and right. It doesn't matter really who it is either. I mean, it's been a couple, a couple of the matches were really close too, though. I mean, round one, Reed Rim, first seed versus 32nd seed. It's just textbook uh, slammer. Just... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> God rest the sea. Uh, all right. Vanilla bomb bag. That was pretty exciting. Way the hero lens on shoot the sun just to troll him a little bit. Uh, there was a past tournament, which lens was also there. <laughs> uh, it was for also for hammer and treasure house game. Uh, Augury of time was for storms for oops, AD for lights and bomb. Well, it's just really wholesome stuff in uh, season four. Um, round two against Riley. Great runner. A bomb bag in a river grotto uh, that locked the basically the entire seed. Required items in stone job and stone water. And what the hell is also skipped deep fire. So he dodged a strength three, which is total bait. Great to see. Round three against Fanta Tanked. Yet another We Love Waterstone seed. A Kakuri sword on the torches this time, not Dark Link, surprisingly. Um, what the hell is was a, probably a little bit more thorough in the early and the mid game, which saved a lot of time when looking for that one last item. And round four against Ryu Kane also just been a killer in the tournament. I mean, Fanta Tank, Ryu Kane, Riley, just having that like kind of murderous row of uh, opponents is really scary to see. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what the hell is he? He was up to the task and he's been shutting people out left and right. 
Um, and the entire seed ended up being pretty linear for the Ryuki matchup. Everything what the hells did ended up being required. Shocker. I mean, <laughs> yeah, what the hell's rushing progression and just god seeding? Nah, never heard of that yeah. one before. Yeah, is I mean, is <laughs> I would say his final opponent is Sponge here, but the uh, the runner up has definitely been Zora's domain. I mean, his boomer strats have been a, a wonder to watch. <laughs> and it's great seeing him grow too as a player. I mean, it's only what a couple days ago that he's mastered uh, the ideal strats for Zora's domain, so it's, that's great to see. Yeah, only yesterday we got those brand brand new strats, brand new strats. I say in air quotes. Um, <laughs> because a lovely reveal i know fat the tank in particular popped off uh so yeah that was (laughs) you can teach an old dog new tricks it seems yeah you totally can i mean that goes for anyone really i think i don't think it's uh unique or only for specific runners i think anyone can improve that much in, in randomizer and be this dominant too it really just takes uh what, calm attitude, uh, being really hopeful, and then just getting partly lucky, but also it's the the trinity of skill, luck, and um, whatever the third one was, I forget. But good trinity. It's, it's whatever I usually say. It's whatever I usually say. But um, yeah, the losers' final was against PKR after uh, getting swatted down by Sponge in the winners' final. And that one was an AD for Requiem to get Strength 2 from Child Spirit. Also had to go to Colossus to get Saria Song for Strength 1 on Skull Kid. That's kind of mean. Beautiful. But, yeah, the <laughs> required Wasteland Crossing, which is great. And, uh, Jim, do you want to talk a little bit about Sponge and Absolutely. how we got here? Yeah, so that brings us into the Salty Sponge hashtag Jimbo69. Uh, obviously, a well-known runner in the community, of course. Uh, start playing Ocarina of Time. The end of Season 2, Spring 2019. The History, Season 3, they were 14th seed. Um, went 1 and 2 overall. So not, not the best in Season 3, but you know they were, I think they were up and coming at that point. Uh, multi-world tournament winner with uh, Namaha and Riley. So immediately got something to their name. Co-op tournament top 4 with Namaha. Managed to ditch Riley and clearly uh, it didn't pay off for them. So props, uh, props to Riley for carrying the multi-world team, I see. Um, and Speed Gaming Live 2020 winners. So we have our SGL 19 versus SGL 20 winner. Um, so that is a, an extra level of POG. Um, of course, they spent all the prize money on McDonald's, as we know. Um, but Sponges path through this tournament. First round versus Casey Necro, a particularly hype match. Um, I know there was a ton of excitement for that one. Um, what Way the Hero Zora Tunic, which is a personal favorite. Uh, for with Stonewater and Hover Boots on Darklink. That was uh, Necro's interview there was uh, wonderful, to say the least. So <laughs> unlucky for them. I think that was a really close match, honestly, but unfortunately, Necro didn't rush Darklink. So, you know, it just falls on them, really. They always rush Darklink these days. Uh, also, had Way the Hero Forest uh, with Iron Boots and Prescription with the Boomerang on, bigger on. So, yeah, Necro left without the Prescription on that one, too. So, just a couple of things that didn't go particularly well for them. Um, but round two was Marco. So, continuing their speed running through the French community, um, Marco was up next. And, yeah, as clearly as we, uh, we know that Sponge won that one, defeated the Season 2 champion, uh, with Din's Fire on Big Pose, which I think was the big crux for that one. 
Um, there was some real logical shenanigans um, with Marco finding hovers in the well first and Sponge not finding them, which meant that he knew that certain things weren't required and weren't logical, which fast-forwarded to him finding Dins on Big Pose a little earlier. Um, and yeah, that knocked Marco into the, the loser's bracket, which uh, I, I dare say not a lot of people saw coming, but that's round just Marco. Two. Yeah, round it, two. It was- only what the second round that Benuru was also just taken completely out of the tournament. Yeah, yeah, so. it was uh, not the not the best season for French runners, but I'm sure I'll uh, speak that one up. The season five is just going to be a top thirty to French uh, runners, just so they can pay everyone back. So we'll yeah, see possibly, about that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're going <laughs> away. So no, absolutely not. Um, but hey, maybe we'll see more English people. Mm. I know Fanner is uh, probably chomping at the bit to get into season five. But anyway. Uh, round three versus Mr. Mario. Um, another, re- well, pretty much every match Sponge had was really hype in terms of who they managed to go through uh, on the way to the finals. Um, what the hell, it's not what the hell, reading my acronyms wrong. Uh, Wave the Hero, well, um, Storms on Burning Cack behind Shadow, so it was Hunter Din's Fire. Um, and nearly last location in the gold scale on Dampy Digging for Strength 2 on Lab Dive. With Din's and Adult Spirit, another really spicy logical mess. Uh, so that's yeah, just that was premiere season, season four, right? Yeah, it's like, just absolutely yeah. season four. I, like when you think of season four, you've either got Marco versus uh, who was it against where he got that one thirty-seven, or every other seed where there's just some logical nightmare, and we get a three to four hour uh, needle in a haystack. Have you felt um, like there's a lot of bait in season four uh, compared to the other tournament seasons? Um, yes, but I I think that's kind of natural because of the addition of Ganon's. I guess with with Ganon's castle being earlier, the the bait is kind of always going to go up slightly because there is a new area um, which wasn't in the previous season. Um, so yeah, I'd say there's a little bit more bait. Um, obviously, if you find Kakiri Sword really late for Stone Deku, that can add to the bait as well. Um, so yeah, the, I'd, I'd say there was strength three in particular is the sort of item which has probably led to the most bait, um, which doesn't waste a ton of time. But ultimately, I think we have seen a few seeds where that has not really paid off for anyone, despite it being a really good find at the time. So yes, strength three, gal- light trial, let's go, and it's just like seven blue peas and a piece of heart, and you're feeling really sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Into round four versus Pink Kitty Rose. Again, nothing but hype matches uh, for Sponge throughout the, the brackets. Um, hinted Bow on Skull Mask, but there was another one on Talented Chickens. I believe PKR rushed the Skull Mask Bow, and then Sponge ended up uh, avoiding that one because of uh, Chickens. Uh, Sponge went well before Lost Woods and Kakiri Forest and found the Kakiri Sword doing Stone Deku, which meant that the, uh, dis- the Boomerang was in there for Medallion Jabu. So that really set off their opening route they, because they did it the way they did. Um, PKR couldn't really go back to Deku Tree in a decent time frame when they found that, so it was a little bit harder for them to sort of route everything in. Um, but no, Sponge had a, a, an excellent early game uh, for that seed. I routed it really well. Uh, logically required to beat the Gerudo Guards as child, which was fantastic. When everyone realized that on the stream, we're like, wait, Wait a minute. Yes, it's happened. Season 4 has given us essentially every logical quirk I can think of, with the exception of skipping Nocturne. I think... Uh, um, I'm not... 
hundred percent on that. I I feel like I've seen that before for sure. I've definitely played a seed that was like that, but I don't. I mean, obviously, I'm not in the tournament, but um, but I, I I don't know. I I'm like ninety five percent sure that at least one of the matches had that, but that might have just been like a pickup race. I mean, there's been so many more matches and just races in general that have been happening every single day since the tournament started, and even before. There's been a lot of community interest and testing a lot of the settings that got to where we are right now. And I think really it's uh, it's paid off in a great way. We're in a, just a really good spot settings wise. I think um, there's only really a couple things that I would change outside of that. But I mean, we're talking like hundreds. I mean, at this point we're probably over 500 races on season four settings, something mm-hmm. like that. It's just a pretty conservative guess. I mean, I wanted to say a thousand, but uh, I don't know if we've quite gotten there uh, in terms of reps, but I'm, Pretty sure we're close as a community, at the very least. But um, yeah, just a, a ton of uh, community involvement. So just shout outs to all the racers that have been getting us to this point. I think uh, w- without all the reps and grinds and stuff that everyone's done, uh, we wouldn't be here. I mean, yeah, we would. We'd still uh, <laughs> no free Z- ZL things like that. So it's definitely been the number one. Uh, uh, altering setting of the tournament uh, by far i think yeah i think a lot of people have really enjoyed freezy yeah, which is a, a good time if any to shout out to the devs who were really really helpful in sort of bringing a few requests to the forefront getting a few things in that we can test and try and i think freezy l was one that they really sort of fast forwarded and it ended up being i think a universally enjoyed saying there might be a, a few people that don't like it which is fair enough but most if not everyone enjoyed freeze the l as a setting it really just fast forwarded that opener um and yeah it's it get like you said thank you to the races and everyone that sort of embraced the settings because there could have just easily been pe- everyone be like nope not interested no season four for me but everyone embraced it and you know even though there are a few things to change and there definitely can be improvements um, I think because of the way that the community did embrace season four, it means that in the future, a few changes, you know, don't, don't be, don't be scared that there might be a couple of changes in which overall benefit the, uh, the race scene. Um, so we'll see what that happens with, uh, with season five. And of course I see Rob Dog there saying, bring back the guards. I knew there was one or two people that didn't like free CL, but, but there we are. Uh, personally, um, I'm really hoping for one hit KO to make its premiere uh, debut with season five. So we'll we'll see if that actually happens. But I mean, 100 percent one hit KO has essentially already debuted in RSL season three. So you can't really escape no, that. No, <laughs> not like this. Uh, seems like every seed now is one hit KO. Yeah, five percent my ass. Anyway, that brings us into the winners finals, which is the first match we'll properly break down. Uh, or between Sponge and what the hell's happened. Of course, they both went into this match um, undefeated. They they went through all the winners bracket, um, of course, as the winners finals. Um, so we knew that someone had to lose this. They weren't necessarily going to be out of the tournament, but someone was going to lose their really impressive winning streak up to this point. And uh, yeah, Emo, do you want to get a start? Yeah, the match happened just yesterday, Friday, March uh, what ninth? Winners finals. Yeah, it was a it's a good good race to watch. I mean, really, I'm just like stuck at work and um, staring at a wall. So uh, it was great to have this entertainment for about three hours, uh, a little bit under, but you know, including interview and all that. Um, it was great. So 
Um, uh, actually, hmm. One second here. Hey, which match did you actually want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about the uh, the winners final or the yeah, one that happened yesterday? Winners, winners finals. Winners, winners. Okay, okay. March. Okay, so March nineteenth. Got it. So yesterday, but a month ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, almost, almost a week or two shy. But anyway, um, this one was a Child Stone Saria song start with Child Spawn at DMT Summit. It's like not the best place to start kind of out of the way it takes not even a quick jaunt or it's just a, a walk even just to get to cack and if you want to do chickens at the very start i mean that's that's okay as a start as things go but if you want to go to adult or go to your songs like you might not even have time of day to go to opponents at that point so we're kind of really close if you're like waffling a little bit in your decision making so uh just dmt summit as child bond star it's just not where you want to be, especially with no warp song either. It's just yeah. like pretty, pretty loose. Um, but what the hell is he found a hookshot on the Zora diving game in his child one. Sponge went adult without that hookshot. And he found a hint that skull mask was the other hookshot. So uh, already this early in the seed, we already knew where long shot was and it's not necessarily relevant uh, water was a stone in this one, as it always is. Um, 25 minute difference in getting the hook shots. What the hell's got his at 27 minutes, and Sponge got his at 53 minutes. I believe that was just for a hook shot, not, not, not the same one, right? Yeah, I don't think either of them had long shot for a little while, but I, I remember at the time when we were going through that match, there was a, a big feeling of sort of bailout on Sponge's side there when they found the hint in. I think, I think it was Medigoron they found the hint with the Skull Mask being a hook shot, and we we're like, oh my god, because we we weren't sure if they were going to get the diving game hookshot for a while, because it's not the easiest hookshot to find, but knowing where that was was uh, super, super helpful and a little bit of a bailout for Sponge, for sure. Yeah, Domain's also one of those areas that I feel like everyone loves to skip, because it's not necessarily the fastest, it's not super duper efficient, it's kind of out there, it's like a slightly better haunted wasteland almost like it takes about the same amount of time depending on where you are to go up river if you don't have scale especially um so i wasn't even sure if they were going to get that one really like i was just kind of looking at it, i was like they're really going to go domain like what's really drawing them there right i mean you have jabu being a stone too like you have all these runners that really want to one trip all these areas if possible like and it even goes to a degree of like ganon's castle like trying to one trip that in, in the seed that's including like your final dip possibly too um really just seeing like a i don't know what do you call it crystallization um just a real rush to this one trip kind of phenomenon which i mean for good reason you don't want to go to an area five times in the game and waste several minutes uh going to and from so I mean, if your opponent has to do that and you one-trip it, you're already saving a couple minutes, in it, especially in a 1v1 setting. So makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's kind of where I was coming from with that one. But uh, Midas House had a bow and a strength was on adult shooting gallery. And Forest was way of the hero. So, of course, they rushed it. Forest strength two on Phantom Ganon. Uh, what the hell's had a two and a half minute lead at that point? 
Um, so they w- both went to the desert to chase strength two way the hero. There was literally nothing in spirit, uh, but they didn't have any explosives to get past the Beamos either. So uh, they reversed to GTG and they found the bomb bag on the fortress rooftop. Kind of a convenient place. At least it wasn't in like in stone water or something like that, right? Um, so what the hell is went to beat DC? And he also dipped fire. Sponge stayed in the area and cleared GTG. And he found Den's fire in the GTG Wolfo's room. Uh, good find. Especially for Shadow <laughs> Medallion. And Hammer and Strength 3 uh, were in Shadow. And Strength 3 was not locked by Strength 2. This is really good for Sponge um, because he had a six-minute lead beating Shadow, uh, 145 versus 151 for What the Hells, and What the Hells had finished DC and dipped fire at that point. Uh, by the time Sponge caught up on that, uh, What the Hells finished Shadow, and the two of them were perfectly in sync and fire, uh, basically frame for fame on Volvagia yeah. um, starting that fight. Sponge had a very clean Volvagia, so uh, that didn't really matter, um, but what the hell's had like a maybe 30 second time loss. He got, I think he got troll hold or he missed a bomb or something like that. Um, so he fell, fell a little bit behind there, even though he was two and a half minutes up, uh, not too much prior to that. Uh, they followed strength way, the hero and found Rudo's letter and light trial. Uh, all right. So you, so you're telling me strength three is in shadow, not locked by strength two on Way of the Hero Forest, and your first strength was the Adult Shooting Gallery after getting the free bow in Mido. So, not the worst uh, in terms of timing. I think they got that under, like, two hours or something like that. Uh, it was pretty close to that. Yeah, um, the, the, half the seed at that point was just looping in all of those items and, again, the sort of rush to get those explosive for Fortress. So, I don't think they could have really pushed out any harder than they did, so they did find it both at sort of a, a good time. Yeah, for sure. And I think at that point, what the hell is he left to beat Jabu while Sponge climbed the tower, including finding the Iron Knuckles to place FW? Uh, for that specific play, I've been kind of like... It's, a, it's like a, a kind of an I don't care play for, for me. It's just like I, I, don't, I don't get fighting the Iron Knuckles that quickly, right? Because you're going to have to fight him anyway, right? Yeah, like, I mean... I just do him later. I guess it kind of depends on if you can get any more use out of Feral's Wind. Like, if, yeah. if you think you've got a little bit left, and you're like, right, I could place Feral's Wind here, or I could, because you know you've got to uh, go back to Temple of Time regardless. So you could place it here, or if am I going to get much value out of this as child when I go back to Jabu? Am I going to get anything else as adult? Because they didn't have Light Arrows at this point, so there could have been a better place to have it. Um but, you know, I think it was fine. Ultimately, you know, it, it did work out for Sponge. But, yeah, I think it just really depends on what you got left. Um, typically, if I've got one or two dungeons to do, and maybe one of those is Shadow, for example, I'd probably not use it because I'd, I'd use it in those temples instead. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it probably was their last medallion. So uh, they went back to Ganon's castle afterwards for the light arrow hint. And he said, Ganon said bomb of the well. Sponge still had a 30-second lead, so they both go to Ice Cavern first to get Storms, and then it came down to Routing and Well. Oh boy, did it come down to Routing and the Well. <laughs> this was insanity. Absolutely everyone was popping off during this bottom of the Well play. It was incredible. Yeah, Sponge played his entire route around doing Dead Hand first, so going so, so far as to place FW in the central area so they could return to the main floor after checking the basement chest. 
And so, ex- except he, he used his only key to open the door to one of the skull rooms in the center to set that as his return point for FW. So he had to go find another key before he could do the lock bits. He ended up using Fora's Wind to check the invisible chest in Dead Hand's room and escape without fighting Dead Hand, which is pretty which is cool. Risky. I, I appreciate yeah. the risk of that one. As soon as he left, I was like, no, no way, because what the hell's was pretty much approaching uh, Dead Hand at that point. So pretty wild. Yeah. The spiciest bomb wrapping I've ever seen. Yeah, it's. I feel like Sponge is just a lot more likely to do a lot higher risk plays, but I mean, he knows the risk at the same time. It's not like he's um, rushing chickens at the start of the seed or, uh, you know, setting something like in his mind and then just like going for it. It's not necessarily that it's, it's always the, the weighing of the risk. Right. So um, it's been great to see because it's a very exciting to watch risky plays and when they pay out too. Um, it's been it's great to watch. So, uh, what the hell has followed a more traditional route? Uh, fighting Dead Hand as Sponge was falling into the basement. So between the, those two checks, uh, one had to be a key, and the other would be the light arrow. So w- whichever location that had the light arrows would determine the winner, which is exciting finish to say the least. I mean, we knew it was going to be close, right? Uh, their paths to get here were pretty uh, pretty solid, I would say, and uh, they both killed off a lot of great runners. Yeah, like a better term. The fact that they were both fighting Volvadra at the same time with essentially the same items and the same stuff left to do. Oh boy, we've got Marco and Bono round three. Let's let's go. Let's see how close this ends up getting. And yeah, the the, the fact that it all essentially came down to well routing um, was absolutely bonkers. Sponge deciding to gamble and decide not to do dead hand and just go straight to the basement from from there instead was crazy. Um, but it, pay, it paid off, you know. I, I think it was a really high risk, high reward play, and yeah, the the high reward eventually led to Sponge winning. So yeah, you, you can't argue against it. I wouldn't necessarily say go and try it yourself, but it paid off. Yeah, what the hell's was starting Ganon when Sponge finished? So it's kind of so it's one of the worst feelings, right? Other than being on like the final cutscene and then you see your opponent finish. So at least it wasn't that for for what the hell's here, but still super close finish. Um, and so Sponge moved on to grand finals, basically waited two or three weeks and just kind of chilled out for a while. Whereas uh, what the hell's he moved down to losers finals and had to beat PKR to make it into grand finals. And well, I mean, spoiler alert, I guess. I mean. <laughs> uh, he did that, but yeah, so something um, tells me he did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thursday, April first, losers final against PKR and what the hell's? Uh, this one was also a pretty close matchup. Um, the child medallion prelude starts a little bit better than the sponge. What the hell's matchup? Uh, and it starts in Kakariko from Adult Archery, so it much better, much more centrally located. You're not in the middle of nowhere. You don't have to. I don't know, take a taxi to get to Gannon's or whatever. So that's great to see, right? Yeah. PKR. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, nothing wrong with that spawn. It's a a nice place to to land. Yeah. Um, So PKR lost a sponge. Uh, So they both lost a sponge. Uh, PKR won round sooner in the winner semifinals and had to beat Fandatanked and Ryu Kane to earn a spot in the loser's final um, against what the hells. So this one was... Early explosives for once, right? 20-pack of chews from the man on roof. Okay, so very early on. I think both runners got it 
what basically when they spawned, right? Straight away. Um, and then there's also bomb lock bomb bag in the SFM Wolfos Grotto. All right. So a lot of explosives early on, basically 40 chews. It's how I kind of determine it. Because whenever I see a 10 pack of chews, I just see, oh, okay, here's your bomb bag. Just ignore where bomb bag is for a second, unless you have like market way to hear it right. Um, you can just, unless you're in just in a really bad spot or you don't have for kind of like that kind of a thing, feel like just safe scumming your chews and just being care- really careful with them is almost as good as a bomb bag in these settings. Yeah. It's quite rare that you'll you'll find twenty chews and run out because typically once you've used all twenty, you've either found a bomb bag, you found more chews, or a wallet, or some other way of getting you more chews. Um, so it is quite rare that you're like, oh my god, I've got one chew left. I'm two hours deep. No bomb bags, no extra explosives. You know, we have seen these seats, um, but as long as you use them sensibly, you don't go and smash like nine of them in the, in the Dongo cabin and miss the eyes like three or four times, you know, you should be relatively fine with that. Oh, uh, point of uh, revision here. Uh, Yoshi in the chat, who will be joining us for the match commentary in just a bit. Um, but uh, there's so many matches happening in season four. It's, it's hard to keep them all straight sometimes. But uh, actually, one of the biggest differences in this match was what the hell's he got to choose as child, but PKR, she went back there as adult only. So because um, I think the start of the prelude start meant that PKR just played prelude, got the hints, went adult, <laughs> just, just yeah. and essentially just went and did Kakariko anyway, just as a, as an adult instead. So it's a little a little bit of time between the two. But I've been kind of torn on that, like as a strat, right? Like I just like I don't know sometimes if you should just play the song immediately, or depending on where you are, because it also depends on if you're on virtual console or if you're on um emulator right like what if your spawn is i don't know like fields like valley like valley to field or something like that or for for field to valley for even for that matter Uh, if you're there and you have like bolero as a start in your child it's like uh well i can't immediately check this now or what if it's like requiem right like do you go and check that or do you save that for your time of day routing potentially like that's a pretty good tool right um, so I've, I've always been kind of torn on that, like with prelude start, I, I think PKR is definitely a player that really likes the adult one section. I've just seen that time and time again in their matches that they just, they go early adult pretty much every time, or at least from what I can tell, yeah. whereas is what the hell is, is definitely a child's, um, child route player. Like it, a lot like me, a lot, like a lot of players too, um, I don't know. I just I can't shake the the child route for for whatever reason. Just like rushing Lon Lon, then just just go Valley. It doesn't even matter. Um, then you go to Open Grotto and Field, and you go to Kakuri. You're in Midos around the ten minute mark. Like it's just just really efficient. You get all these way out of the way checks out of the way. Um, yeah, I mean with the benefit of Prelude, and obviously this instance was uh, a good example, but in general, is if you start with prelude, no matter where you are, you can immediately get four hints. You know, you don't know what those hints are going to be. They might not be any good, but you can just go and get four hints straight away. So with Kakariko, skipping the the checks and waiting for them as adult is fine, but ultimately you're never going to find a Kakariko Baron hint or anything like that. So it's like, well, eh, I, you know, you, you can safely do Kakariko and not 
be like, well, this might come up as foolish or something like that. Unless you want to do chickens and you're sort of looking for that hint. If you're if you start in somewhere like, you know, as you say earlier, Valley or Domain or something like that, and you've got prelude, you're like, right, I could do these checks. I could do valley checks into lake. I could do this domain start down into river. Or I could quickly go and read those hints, which might tell me that one of these areas is dead. So I'd say with Kakariko, I'd be less inclined to just immediately get out of there. But I, there's nothing wrong with that because ultimately you can get a song and then come back as child with an extra song and maybe an extra child item. Um, but yeah, when that, when when you're in a, a, a less favorable area, I definitely would play Prelude sort of immediately um, and not potentially waste time doing those early checks. As long but, as you're being like song centric about it and you're routing, I, I think that's definitely the way to go. That's always kind of been the way to go in Ocarina of Time Randomizer. I mean, just songs are just so powerful in general. They open up a ton of checks and a lot of time you need them anyway. So, um, but yeah, the child route just, it just adds so many checks. Um, it just, I think just base check per minute. I think it's just the way to go in most seeds, but. Um, of course, it depends on if you're a child or adult start. And, th- and this one, it was a child start, so I think it was a pretty clear option, at least for me. But I can totally get going adult at the same time, though, too. Like, if you find your adult items in Kakariko Graveyard, or if you find, like, Song of Storms, and you just quickly go back child, because you have Prelude, right? Um, I think that can be really good, too. But it, it's totally C-specific, and... Like you can read a hint at uh, Temple of Time that sends you in a completely different direction, for example, too. So I, I think that just keeping your options open, right, is definitely uh, being fluid with your routing, I, th- I think, is the way. Like, if you had to, like, gun to my head, like, how do you route Ocarina of Time Randomizer? It's definitely being fluid, being song based. Um, yeah, that's basically it. I don't know. Yeah, songs for sure. Like uh, songs for me is just like ultra powerful. And if you don't, you route around songs, and you just get items around songs for at least the first half an hour. Um, but yeah, that's. I think a lot. I think most people have the same opinion. To be fair. Yeah, and so in this match, um, you see where it was here. Uh, but yeah, they both uh, ended up running into a bow. PKR found one on top of DC. Great find. And what the hell has found the other two in Deku? Uh, with the Kakuri sword on Hot Rodder Goron as well. Um, Stone DC had both a hookshot and the boomerang. Uh, that's a lot of things, especially early on in the seed. Um, really just kind of pays off for both runners, right? As long as you don't spend too much time as child or too much time as adult that your opponent kind of check, um, uh, catches up. That's what I want to say. Um, really, it's just as long as you're not leaking time here and there, great to find both of those items. And especially with stone DC, um, I don't think it for these two runners specifically, I don't think they like avoid stone DC at all or anything like that. I think a lot of people have been pretty much pro Dodongo's cavern for the most part, even if it is a stone, it doesn't just too good of a location, especially with Deku being closed now. Um, what, what do you think about DC? Yeah, I agree. It's uh, too many checks. It takes what eight minutes max if you're collecting everything uh, there's not literally nothing wrong with going to dc stone or not if you have if you have those explosives the only way i'd probably avoid it 
is if I had such a clear path of different progression. You know, if I had the items to do Forest and Forest is way the hero, that led me to something else, that led me to something else, then sort of near the end of the game, I've got like three or four different choices, maybe. But start of the seed, if I start with explosives, no matter what Dodongo's Cavern is, unless I find a Baron, I go to Dodongo's Cavern. And, you know, I know people are being big memeing over people saying that Stone DC is a risk, but ultimately, I don't, I, it's, it's not. And I think uh, everyone's going to be comfortable going to DC early and genuinely pays out. Well, especially with the, like you are saying, the early explosives, the seed two, uh, even if the bomb lock uh, or the bomb bag was bomb locked in SFM, I mean, you have the very early 20 Pikachu is basically Spear Zero, right? Um, so you know the bomb bag is going to be somewhere out there, very accessible, because uh, otherwise the choose would be in logic, hilariously. So that, it's kind of always in the back of my mind when I see that. So like something like this that's bomb locked, that doesn't really matter if it's out of logic this early in the seed. So um, yeah, I totally agree there. So PKR dipped fire without hammer and then later found the hammer on the river lower freestanding item. Used a pretty cool chump uh, you can do down there. Um, to get there uh, as adult. There's a couple of different setups you can use, but uh, I think the one that we saw was the one where you like kind of jump on the pillars <laughs> and then just uh, do like an ESS or something and get up there. But um, PKR was still on adult one, so opted to return child at this point. No Bolero and hadn't set Scarecrow's child yet, so it makes a lot of sense to return. Uh, when what the hell's found the, the hammer, he went straight back to fire, minus a short detour to confirm the Scarecrow song first, but the fire BK was on Pierre. What the hell's opted to full clear fire at that point and found magic on the highest Goron. Okay. And uh, still no strength though. So it was out of logic. Uh, just literally no strength at this point. It's kind of weird. Um, BKR was about 12 minutes on finishing fire. So 112 versus 124 uh, between the two players. They both synced up checking the first two checks in shadow before heading to Way of the Hero, Stone Water. What is that? What is that ever hinted Way of the Hero, right? And guess what we found in Way of the Hero, Stone Water. Of course, it was Hoverboots on Dark. Of of course it was. At least we knew. At least there was a pointing us to 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 Water Temple this time. But obviously, you know, we, we can't finish season four without some clown fiesta. Darkling having Hoverboots special. So, yeah, there it was. Everyone was happy. Everyone knew it was going to be there. And lo and behold, we, we picked that up. So, you know, phenomenal. We love Waterstone. True season four meme. I hate water, man. Fuck water. <laughs> <laughs> the, problem, the problem is, is that oh, I think Darklings had hovers like three, four times in this tournament. Doing water without hovers absolutely sucks. So just the fact that Darklink has them and you need to do essentially what is the rest of the temple to get them sucks even more. Like, it just couldn't be a more compounding suck on suck, you know? It's just terrible. Wow. Suck on suck. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> I've killed him. I've done it. Killed me, dude. You're killing me. <laughs> yeah, just like four items. Actually dying. Now, Water Temple is just like four items like on these settings too with no Skull, or not Skull Sanity. I guess Skull Sanity or IQ Sanity. Like, 
or QC, like just all of these items or settings that make water better, but it makes all the dungeons better too. So like, even if you change the settings, water would still be the worst option, right? Yeah. So it just, there always has to be a worst option. So it, it's fine. It's whatever. I, I'm not upset about it or anything, but man, fuck water. I just hate water so much. <laughs> not upset, but also fuck water. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so after getting the dark, Darkling cover boots, uh, what the hells went straight back to Shadow. Uh, PKR stayed behind to find the last item in water first. Just, I mean, it's the way of the hero. You want to make sure it's water, it's season four. It makes sense, whatever. Um, finishing Shadow, uh, just two minutes apart. 151 versus 153. What the hells was ahead here? Uh, and GTG, Rudo's letter was on the right side of the GTG maze. Okay. And this meant Colossus' way of the hero couldn't just be for forest access uh, many went sorry's were on colossus and ice uh, respectively so what the hell's continued in gtg and found the lens in the stealthos room and the long shot in the left side of the maze colossus access was in logic by completing ad dc water javu and crossing the wa- wasteland was out of logic because magic was still out of logic so they crossed the wasteland and got sorry song, which led to strength strength one on Skull Kid. This late into the seed. It's like two and a half hours almost. Um, great to see. <laughs> kind of amazing uh, logic cluster. Uh, they were finally able to complete forest and found the mirror shield on Phantom Ganon of all places. So really uh, top tier locations for these items. Just really just all sides of the map uh, going from Basically, L.A. to New York to uh, Uganda, you know, so um, <laughs> just your classic um, That's my typical pop kind of a route. <laughs> yeah. So what the house had a five minute lead, 231 versus 236. And then they found nothing, nothing nice, nothing. Well, nothing in all the random overworld checks in the, in the whole game. So uh, it came down to the point where the best play for both of them was to do all dungeons for Requiem doing. All dungeons meant beating Baron Stone Jabu as well. Um, they both picked up Requiem, then they went to Child Spirits, and sure enough, Strength Two was on the Child Climb, uh, which I think they needed uh, Requiem for anyway, just due to key logic, right? And actually, they could have just skipped that, maybe. I think it was. I I want to say it was hard required to do this because Strength Three was Strength Two locked, so. There was yeah. no re- there. This was just utterly hard required. Yeah, for sure. So they both picked up Requiem and went to Child Spirit. And sure enough, Strength 2 was on the Child Climb. Yeah, I, I said that already, right? <laughs> so glitch in the Matrix. I said the same thing over again, but it's okay. Uh, naturally, they found that Strength 3 was, you know, like you're saying, Strength 2 locked. And that was basically the whole seed. Uh, the very end here, it's about four minutes between the two runners, 332 versus 336. In what the hell's favor, uh, PKR was climbing Ganon's Tower when what the hell's finished. So with this win, what the hell's earned a rematch against Sponge in the grand finals, which was actually yesterday. Uh, I'm not yesterday. getting my matches mixed up this time. Uh, of the day after the winners' grand finals, they meet again. Yeah, did you, uh, did you catch the Sponge, Jim? Were you there? I did, yes. I was... There throughout the whole thing. Very exciting. Uh, I think there was about 3.5 million channel points bet throughout this match, about 800 views, so there was a lot of excitement for this one. Yeah, putting in my paltry 1,000 points, but I'm up up to 4.3k now. Look at me go. 
I've still got about 100,000, so it's all going today. Oh, I, don't know who won, I don't know who won yet, but it's all going today. What, we're all, what was all the like crazy bets that everyone made to get up into the hundred thousands? I don't get it. Like, cause I, I made like one wrong move. I made like a 50 K bet on, I think Vodzilla and I just got destroyed. I think it was <laughs> too many eggs in one basket, I guess. But, um, yeah, like, where, where did all people get all these points from? I don't Well, get I went all in on what the hell's being PKR, which gave me about 80,000 extra points. So yeah, <laughs> I was pretty happy I mean, with that one. And I lost a load. Yes. Thinking this sponge would win, so I guess it helps to not summon Trez when he's sleeping. So um, you know, I really only have myself to blame to uh, punt off my points through the channel. But yeah. Anyway, so this match, uh, what the hell is in Sponge Game One? Uh, adult Medallion Sarius start. Man, aren't we sure recovering the right match here? I, Feel like yeah, for sure. Uh, it was Child Stone Saria's start uh, for their first match in the winners' final. So uh, shades of that uh, with a different outcome, but uh, the child spawn this time was at. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, adults, adult spawn, adult spawn. Um, still though, Saria's like not the best in the world to start with, right? Yeah, um, no ideal. <laughs> Their adult spawn was in treasure chest game. So uh, that's that's pretty cool. It's basically just a, uh, just like a variant on Temple of Time Star. It's basically yeah. the same thing for all intents and purposes. It could have led to some nice logical shenanigans of requiring to do the treasure chest minigame as adult. But the very first hint we read was treasure chest minigame is dead. So <laughs> that completely yeah. blew that out before. Yeah, at the same time, though, like, Saria's and your adult already really incentivized to go to CAC Graveyard, um, which makes a lot of sense to me. And you already have Saria's, so you could even just go get the song in SFM. It's completely in logic. Um, I think I would be a little bit more likely to go do that, especially as an adult. And can, if you can find, like, a strength or a bow or a bomb bag, um, you can just really string a lot of the checks along together. Uh, and DMT and the Goron City through the shortcut to Lost Woods. I just love taking that shortcut. It's just so good. So good. You open up as child, even if you uh, open it up as adult, like it's, it makes no sense, right? Uh, you go back seven years for something <laughs> that you did in the future. Um, but, uh, you know, it works out in a randomizer. It's it's cool. Um, going to Mido's, going to SFM, and maybe if you get a hookshot at that point, you can go into Forest and just dip it real quick can be really good for your skull routing doing that. And if you get bow, for instance, if you get any key in the, the first two checks in Forest, it's a lot of checks that you can just do right off the bat. So for this one, early hint, Skull, skull Mask was the Kakuri Sword. And they both got that during their child first trip. If I, if I remember, I think what the yeah. hell's got that very quickly, but it actually took Sponge a little while to find that. So it, that's... I you can't remember, remember whether that it, hit once? the Nocturne Warp Pad, I think, was. <laughs> yeah, so I think What the Hell's played that earlier to go and do Dampe digging. Um, but it took Sponge a little while to find that hint. So What the Hell's had a, essentially an immediate advantage uh, after for sort of 10 minutes. Uh, finding yeah, it's, that. it's amazing. Um, it's not even like Upper River hint. It's not like one of these like classically ignored hints, like uh, Second Castle, Back Lake, all these just like. 
very out of the way places more or less and things that we've seen in this tournament really just uh spell doom for some of the runners oh man i just thoughts back to that 50 skull hint on top river right which is so my, hard to see my favorite five minutes of any seed ever was just watching say say skip the hint fall down roll next to the hint not read the hint and climb back up just, well, just, no, he fell down like two or three times yeah. even. And so like the French restream was losing their minds. They're like, dude, just fall, fall, fall. Yeah, he fell. He fell. Awesome. Read it. Great. Yeah. Oh, no, no, he's not reading it. No, he's just going into domain. No, he's going to Ice Cavern. No, no, they it's read, not what you want to see. They went out of their way to read every other hint after that as well. I think they just forgot about well, that. They the whole entire yeah. seed. I mean, they would have been incredible. at any point if they read that hint, they, I think they just win that, that match. So like... <laughs> Yeah, a lot of anguish uh, for sure from chat and uh, everyone else watching that that one. But um, not so much the case in this one. But still, though, big advantage getting that as an early hint really can string along a lot of things to put yourself ahead in the child section. You can even do a lot of things that are on the way, kind of like we were saying earlier. Of That's why I, I think the child ride is just so good uh, in the early game. You get all these out of the way checks, and if you already know something like Skull Mask is 100% required, um, yeah, you can just, uh, I don't know, go into Child Goron City, for instance. Uh, you could go to, I don't know, Valley. I, I like Valley. Valley's uh, my, my nice safe space. Yeah, Valley's but, uh, Anyway, Way the Hero Storms in Lon Lon led to Strength 1 in Kakuri Storms Grotto, uh, pretty centrally located, especially if you're going to go on the way to Skull Mask or Kakuri Sword. Uh, both runners, they went back adult to check the Dongo's Cavern with Strength, and they found a hookshot on the DC Compass Chest. Okay. So again, we're seeing just DC payout time and time again. Makes a lot of sense. Great, great location. Um, really efficient in terms of checks. Doesn't really matter if it's a stone or a medallion. In this one, it was a stone again, uh, just to note there. But uh, with that plus bow from Child Shooting Gallery, forest was completable. Also, the forest medallion. Uh, it's pretty boring. <laughs> they found their first bomb bag on the blue pole, uh, which is, I think it's a compass chest. And they sponge. He had an eight minute lead at this point at the end of forest. A 105 is 113. Um, they still did not have Zelda's lullaby. They still, uh, they both went back to Temple of Time and they only found Minuet on Prelude. So at that point, you're just kind of like hands in your head. You're just like, oh, where is the CL, dude? It can only oh. really be one place. And it has yeah. to be at Colossus. Gotta go, gotta trek that desert, gotta pick up ZL. And typically, when ZL is one of those last locations, it's like, oh, I need to cross. God damn it, we're gonna have to cross. And no one likes crossing the desert. It takes about five minutes and it sucks. There's no enjoyable part about it, I would say, even because you know that lens is required for it. So in these settings, it's not so bad. Um, others uh, it could get more, more or less punished. And if you have something like Requiem on OOT, which was the case in this seed, uh, it's really just a question of, okay, what are my stones? DC, Jabu, water, like, uh, okay, like DC and water, like pretty fast. And then you have Jabu, a two item cluster of things that you have to go do to even get Requiem in the first place. So at that point, Crossing Wasteland gets a little bit more 
attractive as an option, I would say. Um, I don't know. What What do you think about that? Like when you know ZL's at Colossus, that's one thing. But when you have like a two item dungeon that's locking Requiem in the first place, would you rather cross the Wastelandster or would you rather like if you the items dropped from the sky and you were just like maybe even starting with them, would you still even go do it? It's just such a tough one because Spirit Temple so often just burns you and it's like, well, it's fine. Yeah. I've got strength. I've got mirror shield. This is rid spirit. And then all of a sudden the boss on child side. So it's, it's, I don't think I will ever be able to consistently say whether what I do there because sometimes you go to spirit and it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Typically it does. I'd say more often than not, you're going to cross the wasteland and it pays off not just gambling Requiem. Um, so I'd say maybe like six out of ten times uh, we'd, we'd probably cross the wasteland, but who knows? Yeah, um, kind of my thoughts exactly. I think it's more like how many items are you away from, from Go? How many items are you away from your next dungeon? Or what do you even have left at that point? Um, I, I think can illuminate... <laughs> Uh, whether or not you should do that or not. But uh, regardless, uh, in this seed, they definitely both win for all dungeons. Um, I think Sponge was a little bit more aggressive with it. He went to water first. Uh, we already knew it was stone. And I think Baron, yeah, it was it was foolish, the seed. So uh, primarily he did that to cut down a little bit on his age change, which makes a lot of sense. You're trying to get all these advantages as much as you can. Um, but think that play specifically for me i think that was a little bit too much i think i liked what the hell's approach a little bit better in just terms of i'm just going to go to jabu first i know it's not dead as a as an area then you can go to water the age change doesn't really matter at that point it's not enough time to really i mean i say this but like when you're in the dark like sponge and, and what the hell's in this 1v1 you, i don't know at the same time you you have to just uh find any advantage you can so i, I don't think either is necessarily a wrong play I just uh, i like to what the hell's approach a little bit better I mean, ultimately, what the hell's approach paid off, you know? They they decided yeah. to go to Jabu, and whilst doing Jabu, they went through, uh, well, just beforehand, they went to through uh, Adult Lost Woods, found Longshot and Magic, uh, which helped them get uh, ZL straight away instead of uh, sort of taking the gamble on Water Temple. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty wild. Sponge went to, uh, found Hovers on top of the lab, Um and we still knew that Goron City was Way of the Hero, so the hover boots were like, oh, maybe I could jump behind and uh, see what's in the boulder maze, but no no such luck, so something else was in Goron City. Um, so Sponge went to check Hot Rodder, nothing there, but meanwhile, what the hell's found Longshot Magic, collected ZL, and decided that it was time to, uh, well, head back to GTG. Uh, well, sorry, they did GTG before Wasteland with uh, what the hell's then heading into uh, Child. Ah, that's where we are. Okay. Um, yeah, all in all, though, um, the, I think the biggest things that made a difference in that match, uh, what the hell's checked the Lost Woods Grottos and found Longshot and Magic. And that took a while for Sponge to get, I would say. And I think it was enough of a time 
gap that I think that was one of the main reasons that he lost. And you said that as much in the interview as well. Uh, I think those are really good analysis, even just like a couple minutes after the, the match ended. Right. I mean, I guess for them it was like 15, 20, but still though, like knowing that that was one of your biggest mistakes. Um, I think that's a really good sign for sponge. Uh, I think it's going to be close regardless today, but um, yeah, let's see. Uh, what else to say about this match, you, you, you would say? I mean, I think one of the, the other big deal, and like you mentioned earlier, what the hell's decided that Jabu was the play? Uh, Sponge decided to do water first. And with doing Jabu first, we found Dins. So Dins was in Jabu, which was huge. You know, the boomerang led us to Dins, um, which meant that instead of thinking about water temple anyway, you could just go do Shadow, which was huge. We found the hammer in Shadow. It's like, okay, <laughs> like just finding all your items at that point. So. Doing war first meant that Sponge essentially wasted time if there was nothing on Child Spirit. Um, and the big thing for Sponge as well is that Sponge didn't get Mirror Shield, um, which was in the Composer Grave. Uh, what the hell's end up finding that? Um, I want to say after Goron City, yeah, they did. They got Strength 2 on Spin and Pot, checked Composer Grave. Um, Mirror Shield was there with Flame Storage, so that was, a, that was huge for them. They essentially got the rest of Spirit. Um, but ultimately Sponge did uh, Water, then went to do Jabu, found Dins, did Shadow, but didn't find the Mirror Shield, and then committed to sort of the rest of the, the AD play, and unfortunately nothing was on Child Side Spirit, so the AD was a bit of a waste. Yeah, even with all of those things taken into consideration, and it was still really close as a match, um... Like, if Sponge had gotten the Mirror Shield any earlier, like, he could have definitely won the seed, even doing water before Jabu, uh, with, with Shadow kind of being put off. So, um, all in all, very exciting to watch. Uh, Lighters were in spirit, so they both just kind of ran into them at some point, and what the hell was in go mode at 252. And at that point, um, yeah, it was pretty much the, the match there. 306 versus 314. A yeah. about a seven minute uh, difference between the two. So, uh, Sp Sponge was in go mode. He was on the twin robot fight for the last medallion when Othell's finished. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's at least you're not on the final cutscene. That's what you want to be avoiding when you're a yeah. runner. So, yeah. we've uh, seen that before in the final. We don't, I, I'd say we don't want it again. I want it again. The well, runners yeah. don't, <laughs> the runners definitely don't want that again. But I, if today ends up coming down to a Ganon's cutscene, then uh, you know, I'd be, I'm gonna be over the moon. Great. So, yeah. yeah, if it's that close the entire time, I think we're in for a hell of a match today for sure. But um, yeah, that brings us, as you say, that brings us down to today. That brings us down to April 10th, the end of season four and the Sponge versus What the Hell's Game 3. Of course, winner's finals, even though it wasn't part of this best of three, if you will, did count. So, yeah, this is the, the last match, the final chance for one of these runners to get the one up over the other. Um, so let's talk about the today today's match and a bit of some, some speculation uh, we have. Uh, and Trez is mentioning, do you want to go over the stats? Bring up the stats. Let's bring up those stats, Trez. Yeah. Um, we can go over the sort of one-on-one -on -one, uh, competition between the two of them. I like stats. Stats is good. So as we can see, matchup statistics, uh, what the hell happens has a two-thirds wins over Salty Sponge with 66.6%. .6%. You love it when stats fall down to those sorts of numbers, um, which is 
you know, ultimately is an indication of potential skill level. Uh, but you've got to remember that what the hells has been in the community for a lot longer. So some of those matches are going to be when Sponge was sort of starting out, as opposed to both of them coming into the scene at the same time. So there is a little bit of skew there, but it does, you know, clearly shows uh, that what the hells is very experienced. It has plenty of wins under their belt. Yeah, I mean, uh, kind of like we were saying earlier, the skill gap is closing with every single tournament that is going forward here. Um, I think that's been more the case with Season 3, Season 4 than uh, definitely earlier on in the randomizer kind of life cycle. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But still, though, that's uh, 42 matches played between the two of them. That's a lot. Um, even if it wasn't a lot of the tournament seeds, you see them out on the streets every now and then, uh, standard planning channel and discord. So not, not too surprising to see, I would say. Now, what is surprising, I guess, is the seed difference between the two is really only about a hundred point difference, which was probably in about enough of a difference, uh, season three to be, uh, maybe one or two places difference in seeding, right? But this is seed one. What the hell is for seed 11, so 11 seeds, only 100 points away. And I think I remember like the second or third page of standings uh, for the qualifier points. Like It's like maybe 50, 100 points separating 32 runners and they're all top 64. Like It's just like, okay. Uh, really not a lot separating a lot of people. And I mean, this could have been anybody in the matchup here today. So, uh, But between these two runners here... Um, yeah, I'd say the average time between the two of them is probably the most surprising thing that kind of jumps out to me. Like 243 for Sponge and 312 for What the Hells. Um, I, I think there's just a natural variation with that, uh, especially and it's just in their last 10 races overall. So um, I think for the, the seed specifically, what we're looking for, if What the Hells is going to win, you want something that's just 100%, right? You want yeah. to do everything in the entire seed. And then I, I think at that point, most people, I think, would say, what the hell is to be ahead here? Um, I think Sponge just... Sponge, I think, would also agree with me, but um, still, though, you can't really discount him out. I mean, it's been a really good execution, uh, Dark Horse. Oh, Dark Horse in the tournament, but uh, powerhouse, really, uh, for execution. Uh, as much as his routing has been on point, uh, I think his execution's been great, too, so... Um, overall, I think that's kind of what you're looking for for World Tales. For Sponge, uh, you're looking for something that's super logically based, maybe something that's not 100% apparent, like on the surface here of the seed. So something that's like um, earlier on in the tournament, like he could find out where his strength three, I think, was because of where the hovers were in that seed. So you're looking for something like that, uh, kind of a scenario. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and one thing that I'd say is a testament to Sponge at this point is you can see the races. You know, what the hell's overall race is 178. Sponge is 300. Despite being on the scene for way less time, Sponge is absolutely grinded the hell out of uh, Ocarina of Time Randomizer. And it's an absolute testament to where they are. So, you know, massive credit to, to Sponge for, as I as as say, grinding and really just pumping up their execution and getting as much experience and as much time sort of under the hood as possible. So, yeah, massive effort. Now, having played each other twice, do we think either runner will change up their play style in response to either of the matches uh, that they've played against each other in this tournament? Um, 
Yeah, what do you think about that? I, I want to say no, solely because they've gone essentially, you know, they are one and one in this in this finals now. Um, mm. I, and I think, obviously, Sponge with their play style won the first game, but what the hell's with their play style won the second game. So the only thing that I can see, and this is uh, something that Winnie has, has mentioned for us, is does what the hell's do chickens? <laughs> I know chat are now mentioning chickens as well. Um, do, does what the hells commit to doing chickens? I say yes because if you all of a sudden commit to doing chickens the whole sea, the whole tournament, and in the very final race you don't do chickens and it has something, you're never going to live it down. So I would say that just the the the, ch- the chances of skipping it intentionally, if if there's a good position to do so, obviously you might just be nowhere near child cack and you might find a hint or something like that. But if there is a position to do so early, what the hell is going to do chickens? I'm very, very confident of that. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Phantom and chat here. I think it's going to be area-based. It's going to be distance-based. If uh, he's next to the taco stand, he's going to buy a taco. I, I think that's just what it comes down to. If he's 10 miles away from the taco stand, he's not going to go to the taco stand, wait in line for three minutes. It's just not an appetizing check. So, um yeah, we'll see what happens today. I think he's going to do chickens. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think. I honestly don't think they're going to change what they've done. Um, what the hell so, did they take a couple of big gambles yesterday? Um, I'm not sure how common that has been for what the hell's like when they skipped the back of Shadow, for example. Um, yeah. Was really actually a really high risk for where they were. So I, I'm not sure if they're still going to take those sorts of gambles or not, but yeah, it was, I mean, ultimately it worked for them yesterday, but there are situations where that absolutely destroys them, so I'd be interested to see that, the aggression from both of them today. Yeah, I want to see something like some obscure, extreme metagame call, like they they both, like, or like a gentleman's agreement, I'm cool with that too. I think we <laughs> saw that in one match. Um, I think it was the showcase between ATZ and Marco, I want to say. That was season three start. A while ago now, so I don't know if everyone remembers, but I think they both they both, like, rushed I think Skullmask, and they both took the ladder down from the child spawn or something like that. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. That happened, right? <laughs> it's not just a fever dream or something. There's definitely a time where, uh, yeah, when he mentioned ATC and what that. I want to see something like that. I want to see like uh, they both like rush. Uh, they both won thirty-two. Yeah, rush lens game one thirty-two reset completely wiped oh, their safe one. That would be a. I think Chad would implode at that point. <laughs> I would implode. My face would implode. <laughs> Wouldn't be here anymore. Uh, yeah, what's on your what's on the bingo card today? I've heard some rumblings about this bingo yeah, stuff. Of bingo, yeah, if uh, anyone wants to get involved in bingo, which I know a few people did yesterday, reach out to Matt the Matt uh, in the season four discussion, uh, season four tournament discussion channel in the Discord. They will get you a bingo card. I had one yesterday. It was very fun, even if I lost a lot of. Uh, bingo tiles due to sponge deciding to not scum choose and do a whole host of other things um so if you want to get involved with that give a uh, give matt a message um i haven't yep. checked mine yet i'm going to check mine just before the race uh, yep you still uh you still got a little bit of time here before the match starts so uh print out your bingo sheets uh make sure you get your clipboard out 
already prepped. This British person has their cider and yeah, I'm already drinking red. pink, whatever pink is. Oh, so yeah, good old pink. I love me some pink drink. Mm. Yeah, pink's great. Um, yeah, who who do you think is going to win though? Ultimately, I can't, oh, man, I I feel bad saying this, but I want what the hell's to win. I don't know who I think is going to win, but I want what the hell's to win solely because they've come runner up twice and fourth in season three. I think it would be. Just a really good story for what the hell's to win it. I've got no personal bias between either of them at all. I, you know, they're both absolutely terrific people. Love watching them. Love talking to them both. But I think it would be an excellent story for what the hell's to sort of get some redemption in a sense of finally winning a season. Um, Sponge, you know, has put in immense amounts of effort throughout season uh, three and four. Um, but ultimately, I think. It, you know, they've still got a ton of time left in this community. I think it wouldn't surprise me if Sponge went on a one season five, no matter what that ended up being. Um, but I, I would personally really like what the hell's to win. Yeah, I, uh, it's not that I want Sponge to win necessarily. And I've already called what the hell is being the tournament winner a couple months ago, even. Uh, I mean, being in the one seed, all of his matches have been very clean in terms of, of winning. So really no question in my mind. I think he's going to win, but, uh, more more than that, though, I want to see what the hells lose. I want to see what happens when that happens. Um, <laughs> that sounds so harsh. <laughs> no, uh, it's not like it's not a mean spirited thing. I just uh, I'm really curious how that would affect them um, going forward in random settings. So, you know, I, I just want him to come into the met. I want to come to him to come into the ring, put his punching gloves on. And do some random settings because I'm he's he, uh, I'm tired of him just like not playing at all yet really <laughs> at all so uh, I want to see what he's made of there but it's um, a nice result bias so I think we've we've confirmed that which is yeah we're like if he wins I don't think I think he's a little bit less likely to start immediately on that right like he's not going to be as hungry so I don't know I want to grow as a player so I want uh, a very hungry what the hell's to uh. To come into the ring, more or less, uh, so to speak. So anyway, um, I guess we'll take some questions from the chat before we begin the commentary for the race, right? We're just yeah, a couple well, minutes out here, 10, 15 minutes. We've got about 10 minutes left of this before we transition over. Um, I know uh, Yoshi already asked who had the harder path to the finals. I mean, you could argue that it's what the hell's just because they had to go through the losers. Um, and beat PKR, which is essentially an additional match. Um, yeah. But just in terms of uh, winner's bracket, if I was to take that in isolation, has to be Sponge. You know, I think it has to be Sponge that's had the harder route through. They went through... I mean, they went through Marco. Um, they went through... Their first match was against Necro, which was incredible. Being in the 11th seed, they automatically get some uh, some harder matches, whereas what the hell starts against you know, number 32, and that's no uh, disservice to them, but ultimately with Sponge being the lesser seed, they automatically get harder matchups, and I'd say Sponge had the harder the harder route to win as finals, and then obviously with what the hell's having to do loses through PKR, it's uh, technically what the hell's, but I'd say Sponge. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think Sponge had the harder path. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's just 
Marco, Mario, PKR, and then also just Necro thrown in there uh, just for some spice. So uh, versus Raid Rim, Riley, Fana. I mean, that's and Ryu. Like I, overall, I think based on like kind of the history of the runners, I think Sponge definitely had the harder path. And even just as a player, I don't know. I think what the hell has this been in his limo the whole time, just riding his way <laughs> to the finals here. So um, I mean, Sponge. I can't remember Necro's seeding, um, but Sponge had to go through seed seven, Marco, mm-hmm. seed three, Mr. Mario, seed two, PKR, and then seed yeah. one, Hells in Winners. So, yeah, yeah, and, I think and it's based much, on that. As much as seedings can or can't mean things in, in, in Rando, it's, it's a very good indication of just how tough their matches were. Uh, just more on the seeding thing too. Um, I mean, I think season four has definitely been more variable for sure in terms of um, how runners have performed. So seeing some of the most consistent finishers finish in the top couple of seeds, I, I think that just adds kind of um, a lot of weight to that as well. Mm-hmm. Millie Moon has asked, who in yeah. the top 32 were you rooting for or expected to be in the finals? And was it Sponge and what the hell's happened from the start? Um, it was definitely what the hell's happened for me. Um, I actually made some predictions on Challenge, but they never submitted for some reason. And I know it was what the hell's happened. I think I had Sponge losing to Marco, but then going all the way through losers into the grand finals. So I always had this as the grand finals, but I actually had Marco going... No, actually, I had Mr. Mario going to winners' finals, but Sponge taking it through losers. So... Um, yes, this was my uh, predicted finish for the season, um, but definitely not how uh, I predicted it to happen. Yeah, uh, if you want to look at my uh, tournament prediction on challenge, you can go look it up there. But I called when the, the bracket was revealed that winner's final was going to be Sponge and What the Hells, and then grand final was just going to be Sponge and What the Hells. So uh, I feel really vindicated in how big brain I can be with my predictions here for season four. But the same time, I don't know. I, I said what the hell's gonna win today, but I think it's past like six matches in the tournament have all been very, very close coin flips. It's been like 51-49, 55-45, that kind of a thing for the all the matchups here uh, near the end of the bracket. So um I don't know. I think it could go either way. I would love to be proven wrong, but at the same time, um I think I've been kind of ridden for what the hell's the whole time. That's fair. A um, couple of other quick questions. We have uh, Sliver Striker. I'm not sure if I'm reading that right. Uh, where do you want the light arrows to be? Um, I don't know. Where do you want the light arrows to be? You know? I want them to be on big pose, but have big pose be 10 and not one. That's what I want. That's all I want for season five. Why can't I get Why can't I get that? Every seat can just be 10 Poe light arrows. Why not? Why not? Okay. Is, that too, is that too bad? I mean, it's not too bad for a RSL, but in terms of what's actually possible in this race... Um, it's, I'm it's... just saying, I'm just saying, I had to do nine pose only like less than a month ago, and it was a spiritual experience. Just just try it. Don't knock until you try it. It's it's really wonderful, actually. And it was with one one bottle as well. I would like Light Arrows to be uh, on the Shadow Trial second, because it's always nice seeing whether that's even possible to get... Uh, and the scramble of, oh my god, it's in Gavin's castle, so it's probably in Light Trial, right? Whereas in reality, it's just on a Shadow Trial second. That'd be pretty good. 
That's where I wanted to be. But, uh, you know, nonsensical locations aside, uh, I want Light Arrows to be on Bongo. I want that that drum-playing motherfucker to uh, have Light Arrows. Of course, we're knowing knowing season four is probably just going to be on Darklink, but I guess so. What a, I don't want to talk about water anymore. Why, why is that a dungeon? Why is that a dungeon? It's fine. We won't. We won't. We won't make email angry. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just a few minutes left. Um, so I guess last couple of questions before we just do a bit of an outro. Um, I did see another question. Bunny hood uh, shenanigans. Are we going to see that? Say that. We'll say again. Bunnyhood shenanigans. Bunnyhood shenanigans. Um, no. No, I don't, I don't think, think we're going to see it either. I don't think we're going to see that either. But as, as I'd much be as... really, sh- I'd kind of be kind of shocked. I want to see a, an agreement for Bunnyhood. They just go, <laughs> both go get that. Yeah, I don't think Bunnyhood's going to happen unless PKR made it. There was going to be no Bunnyhood in the grand finals. I think, in my opinion, so uh, yeah, unfortunately, not going to see that. I don't think. Has your been your favorite season to watch so far for randomized? Uh, um, who asked that question? Uh, uh, righteous Cataclysm. Um, tough one. I, I probably season. Uh, it's, it's, it's a really tough one between season three and season four. Um, mm-hmm. I've loved season four just because of how different it's been and how way more interesting it's it's been to watch, especially the first sort of half an hour of every seed. Um, but it's really difficult to say that I've enjoyed anything more than the Marco Bono incredible series of games from season three, which was just the best ending to a tournament I think there will ever be. Um, so it's tough. I'd say season four overall. So far. So far. Three, season three highlights were incredible. And I don't think that's ever going to get beaten. Yeah, I think. Uh... Stuff to say for sure. I mean, I think there's a lot of great things about season two, even uh, as well. Just the real consistency and and finishes, and kind of the supremacy of just like skill, almost like top five runners are basically untouchable. And then if you can get a match between the two of them, like kind of like you're saying, like Bono Marco in season three was like kind of the pinnacle of that tournament. So um, I think we're going to see something similar here today. Even I mean, it could also just be a blowout. You see, uh, I mean, you have all these runners that are so close in skill. I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot for it to be either really close or really far apart. And there's not a whole lot in between uh, a lot of the time. So um, I think season four for me has been really cool to watch just because of the settings. But yeah, I think season three was probably um, a little bit more enjoyable for me, at least. All right. I think we better wrap up, you know. We've got yep. almost five minutes, so bow us out. Use the restroom. We've been sitting <laughs> here for ninety minutes or so, uh, talking with Chad, being live for our first live episode of the podcast. Uh, shout outs to everyone watching, being here for the pre-show hype for this last tournament match. We're gonna be joined by Yoshi Kion in just a couple minutes to be uh, commentating this match. So uh, hang tight, everyone. We'll be starting shortly. Big thanks to uh, big thanks to Trez for making this happen. Of course, big thanks to Winnie. Big thanks to Ronan Recordings, who are part of the Gossip Stone podcast. Um, hopefully, you can catch us on later episodes and catch up with our older episodes that can be found on the website. Uh, so, yeah, big thanks to everyone for joining us. And I can't wait for the finals. We're about five minutes away. 
Um, so yeah, get your hypes in chat. I think we're going to just transition to a, just a quick uh, boot up screen um, and then we're going to get going. So yeah, thank you very much.